so much to talk about on the podcast this week, and maybe about two of those things are interesting. So I say we get started right away this week on the podcast. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast, whether it's your first time or whether it's your third time or 30th time. I appreciate you. We always try to do some things in the podcast that we can get something out of and have some fun with and not sound preachy. And I share things that I've learned about myself and that I've learned in life. And then maybe you can share some things that you have, too. And um, it just seems to kind of work out. Uh, it is now Sunday afternoon. Just got back from, well, didn't just get back, but a couple of hours ago, we did the dog meetup. And this was Fallon's idea. Uh, to go out to pause doggy daycare and invite a bunch of people out with their dogs and hang out and, you know, raise a little bit of money for Paws for Paws, which is a dog um, and cat uh, fostering program. And uh, we all love dogs on our show. We love cats. And so we're big pet people. Um, so we had a chance to do this. Well, the problem was we woke up this morning, Sunday morning, to about five inches of snow, and it's still coming down. And some of the roads are plowed and some of the roads are not plowed. And we're like, oh, boy. This is going to be really bad. So we thought about canceling, but I'm glad we didn't for two reasons. Number one, we still had a good time. Number two, there was no effective way to get a hold of everybody who was coming and say, hey, we're going to cancel. So a lot of people would have showed up anyway. So we got there. A couple of people were there. And then as the roads cleared up, more and more people came. We had a fun time. So anyway, that's not that important to you if you didn't go. But that's kind of what I've been spending my day doing. Then I got home and then... A Sunday for us, uh, I think especially for me, and I know that you know it's the Dave Ryan show, so I'm going to do more work on a Sunday than Fallon or Steve do. Steve does Murder Monday, and Fallon does a little bit here and there, and Jenny does a little bit here and there, but you know it's the Dave Ryan show, so I can't sit around and say, Jenny, Fallon, and Steve do just as much work as I do on a Sunday, even though, don't get me wrong, they do a lot of work too. So uh, did some show work, and then I'm like, I haven't done a podcast in a couple of weeks, but I said, I want to do a podcast, so here I am. And I was kind of excited to do this podcast because there's a couple of things that I want to cover. So I'm going to start out on Friday. This Friday, we went to the Science Museum because I really love, like, you know, the Apollo movies, and they had an Apollo 11 movie on the IMAX screen. So Susan and my daughter Allison, we all went and we went to Potsaluna and we had dinner. But after the movie, I'm going through the gift shop at the Science Museum, and there's a book, and it talks all about the history of Apollo. And I open it up, and one of the chapters is people who deny that we ever landed on the moon, or at least doubt. And I found out that 27% of young people, and I don't know what the age range was, maybe you know under 40, uh, people who don't remember the moon landing, they doubt that we landed on the moon. So 27% of people doubt that we ever landed on the moon. And there's a lot of reasons for it. They believe that, you know, the government lies to us. They believe that it was all a bunch of money that they raised and gave it to corporations. And they also believe that we didn't have the technology to land on the moon and that we had to beat the Russians into space. But was, it was amazing to me, as somebody who barely remembers that time. Remember, that was 50 years ago, 51 years ago this summer. So I barely remember that time. I was a pretty little kid at the time. 
but I remember my mom and dad got my brother out of bed and I out of bed to watch the actual moon landing. I think it happened around 8 o'clock at night, Colorado time, or 9 o'clock at night, so they got us up because they knew it was a big deal. So I bought this book, and I read just the chapter about why people doubt that we ever landed on the moon. And it's really interesting, and I thought there's some relevant things in there. Who cares about, you know, whether you care about the moon race or the space race or the landing or the history or whatever. There's something I noticed in there kind of woven through the fabric of people who have conspiracy theories that a lot of the time they believe there's a conspiracy when there's not because it serves their best interest to prove, number one, that there is some higher force at work that keeps things going the way it's going instead of changing. In other words, I'm going to break it down for you really simply. Well, maybe we'll come back to it. I wrote this down uh, because I think it's very true, and I'm going to make this a chapter in my book. Let me see if I can find it. The false belief that you are being conspired against is probably one of the biggest blocks to success. If you truly believe that you can't succeed no matter what you do, then chances are you never will. Well, let's look at that for a second. So I thought there are conspiracy theorists who say we never landed on the moon, and no matter what you tell them, they will never believe otherwise. You just It's trying to like trying to convert somebody from their religion to your religion or from your political beliefs to their political beliefs, whatever. It's just not going to happen. But if you have somebody, think of a family member or a friend or somebody you know, I don't think it's you because I don't think that you would be listening to this podcast if you were not interested in improving your life. Um, but think about somebody you know who believes the world conspires against them. They have the worst luck. They can't get anything because the man is always out to get them or the boss or whoever it is that's out to get them is always out to get them. I've known a couple of people, some that are in my family, that they truly believe that there is a conspiracy against them or against people like them. So therefore, no matter how hard they try, they can never get ahead. They can never succeed because of this conspiracy that they are told and they firmly believe exists. And I am here to tell you that probably most of the time it does not. And you look at people who maybe shouldn't be successful because they're maybe not that smart or maybe they're not particularly X, Y, Z or whatever, but they never let that stop them. They never let that feel like a conspiracy against them. Does that make sense? Am I making any sense here? So in other words, if you think that you cannot get ahead because there is a conspiracy against people getting ahead or against you getting ahead, then you probably never will. However, if you believe that you can get ahead no matter how the deck is stacked against you, or maybe you don't feel like the deck is stacked against you at all, then you'll get ahead. You'll do fine. I think I grew up thinking that even though we were poor, and not dirt poor, we didn't live in a shack in a cardboard box. I mean, you know, we had moderately reliable vehicles, and we had a safe house, and we went on vacations. Granted, we went to Montana, but it was a vacation. Um there was never a part of me that said, I can't succeed because I'm too poor. The idea that I could never make anything out of myself never crossed my mind. And it's probably never crossed yours either, but maybe it has. But would you say that there's any part of you that's been guilty of saying, I can't succeed because there's a conspiracy against me? 
My suggestion is that's not true. Now, if you think that there is and you want to refute that, then let me know. Send me an email to Ryan Show or actually Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Okay, another realization this weekend. Uh, Saturday morning, Saturday, I woke up with nothing to do. I had nothing to do all day, and it was glorious. I woke up at around 8.30, had coffee. Susan went off to her store, and she was gone all day until 7 or 8. And I thought, this is the best thing ever. I've got all day to myself. Um, I'm going to practice my ukulele. I'm doing a Cub Scout magic show soon, so I'm going to practice my magic for the Cub Scouts, and I'm going to also get some exercise. So I did all of that stuff, and I thought, I've got the whole day ahead of me, and then all of a sudden, it gets dark, and then it gets late, and the day comes to an end. And I actually wrote this down because I think this is true, not a surprise, but I think it's true that all time gets away from us. Not to say that we can't be productive in that time. I had a great day yesterday. I practiced my ukulele. I practiced the magic tricks. I was in the treadmill for an hour and 15 minutes, and I got a lot done. Susan and I watched a movie last night, uh, Parasite, which was okay. It's an Academy Award-nominated movie, and it's okay. Didn't like it as much as I thought I would, but it was good. I would recommend it. Um, But the day got away. The day didn't get away while I did nothing, but the day did end. And I wrote down in my journal last night, I said, you know what, this is not news, it's not shocking, it's not some big revelation, but days get away. Weeks also get away. Vacations get away. We're going on vacation, we get to Hawaii, or we get to uh, Fort Myers, or wherever we are, we get there, let's say, on a Sunday afternoon, we're like, oh my God, we're not leaving until Saturday morning. This is going to be the best vacation. It's going to take forever. And then it goes away. And then pretty soon it's Saturday morning and you're scrambling to get to the airport and your vacation got away. Well, it's no surprise you knew it would. But I think the realization is all time gets away, whether it's a day, whether it's a, you know, an hour, a week's vacation, a month, a year, it all gets away. So the cliche is, well, we got to make the most of it and enjoy it. And I think that's really true, though. So rather than sit there and say, I hope this day lasts forever, I hope this night lasts forever, which it won't, make the most of it. And and I think there is sometimes a phenomenon of when, phenomena, phenomenon of when we wish time away. For example, sometimes we wish it away. When, when Chase, my son, was younger, about 11 or 12 or 13 you know, his mom and I didn't always get along really well. And I had to pay a lot of child support, which a lot of the time I resented because I also paid other expenses. And, you know, I love Chase dearly and it all was absolutely worth it. It was more just like it was it was annoying that I would get a phone call that would say, hey, you need to pay for this in addition to the monthly child support. And I was looking at the days and the week or the, the years ahead. And let's say Chase was 11. I'm like, I got seven more years of this, seven more years. God, I hope it goes fast. I got three more years of this. God, I hope it goes fast. And I realized I don't want that time to go fast. I don't want that time when Chase turns 18 to go fast. I want it to go slow. I want to enjoy it. It's the same thing with like 
Monday morning. You're like, oh, God, here we are Monday morning. I hope this week goes by. Do you really want five, want it to go by fast? Do you really want five days of your of your life to zip by quickly? I don't think that you do. I think you want to enjoy it because guess what? It will pass. Your kids, they're growing up. You don't want to wish it away. You want it to go slowly. And whether it's going slowly or whether it's going quickly, it will go by. So what's my point? Well, there. I guess if there is a point, it is the old cliche of this time, whatever you're experiencing right now, good or bad, it will pass. So if it's good, enjoy it. If it's not so good, don't really wish it away because it is what we have. Does that make any sense at all? It does to me. So I, kind of, I wrote that down. I was actually, it was kind of a good revelation for me. And at the same time, something that we've heard before. Okay. Uh, we don't, I'm going to move on to emails here after a random story. And this is just, there's no lesson in this. It's just kind of an interesting story. I was practicing magic for the Cub Scout magic show. And it's, it's a lot of fun to do. I've done magic ever since I was a kid. And my wife has this um, Instagram page called Make Susan Famous. And she's walked around the house yesterday and she took about seven or eight different tiny video clips of here's a stash of Dave's magic tricks. Oh, here's another pile of Dave's magic tricks. Oh, look in the closet downstairs. Here's more of Dave's magic tricks. Oh, here's some in the kitchen drawer. And it's true because they're everywhere and it's kind of my passion. Um, uh, but go follow her on Make Susan Famous and you can see those. Uh, and I remembered a story. There's one trick that I do where I can take a dollar bill and fold it up in my fingers and then unfold it and it's whatever I want. It can be a 5, it can be a 20, it can be a 10. I can take a $100 bill and fold it up and turn it into a $1 bill. But, you know, there's really no such thing as magic. So let's say I'm turning a $1 bill into a $10 bill. The $10 bill really doesn't come out of nowhere. It has to I have to own the $10 bill. I have to actually possess a $10 bill before I can make it appear before I can make a $1 bill turn into a, a $10 bill. So basically, if I'm going to do that, I'm hiding the $1 bill and I'm revealing the $10 bill. So one time about two years ago, kids come into the radio station and and I love you know showing them magic tricks and making them feel at home and giving them a memory. So this kid comes in, he's probably eight years old or whatever, and it's his birthday and his mom comes in and I don't remember what the occasion was or why she came in, but... Um, she's like, yeah, this is my birthday. And I'm like, oh, cool. Let me show you a birthday trick. You got a dollar bill. So she pulls a dollar bill out of her purse and I have a $10 bill ready to go for this trick. So I'm like, watch this. And I fold up the $1 bill and I unfold it and it's a $10 bill. And I said, there you go. That's for you. Happy birthday. And they're like, wow, that's so cool. And they walked out with the $10 bill and the mom must have thought it was real magic because she didn't stop and whisper to me, hey, here's a $10 bill, because I know that's your $10 bill. She let me give her son, who I don't know, a $10 bill that I had transformed from a $1 bill. And I thought, that's really kind of weird. Did she really think that was magic, or did she really just not even consider the fact that I just lost, I just lost $10 of my own money? But it's kind of a fun story, and it's a fun trick, and I don't mind. Okay. We're going to move on 
two emails. We got a bunch of emails this week, and I want to cover them. And, and I um, didn't get to answer any emails last week, and it's been one of those kind of crazy weeks. So I want to get to some of these here. Let's go to, uh, hold on, I got to find it here, two emails. And here we go. This is from Amber. And Amber wrote this a couple of weeks ago, and I wanted to apologize, Amber, for not getting back to you sooner. She says, I've been a regular listener of your show since I was a kid. I just recently started listening to your podcast, and I wanted to reach out and tell you how much I appreciate you as a person and how much you, uh, impact you have had on my life throughout the years. I'm sure you hear it a lot, but thank you for everything that you do and for everything you stand for. You're a great person, and you are spreading a lot of positivity to the community. Keep up the great work, Amber. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. I appreciate the position that I'm in to kind of spread positivity and some life lessons. And, um, you know, if I was, I don't know, uh, an Uber driver, I might not get that same opportunity. So I take this opportunity, you know, seriously as a chance to not spread, you know, hate or to not spread just my opinion, but to spread some positivity. So I really appreciate that. Okay, next one from Courtney. She said, Dave, I heard your latest podcast. I want to say that this really hit home for me. I'm a 100% an introvert, and I didn't realize you were too. I've been listening for a long time since I was very little. I'm 27 now. And hearing that story of your grandma really resonated with me. If you missed it a couple of weeks ago, I've told the story when my grandmother was very little, about five, her mom told her, be quiet, no one wants to hear what you have to say anyway. And that stuck with her through her whole life, and she was very shy, and she always said it's because I was told that one day, nobody wants to hear what you say. She said, I was told to be, this is back to Courtney, I was told to be quiet all the time when I was a kid, and now I'm really afraid of speaking up or saying what's on my mind. The times I have loosened up at parties and decide to laugh and be goofy, people always treat me weird, and then I get really embarrassed. So I try to hang back at parties as well. Also, Rachel's story was perfect for this episode. I'm in her shoes right now. Rachel was uh, somebody who wrote into the podcast and said that she wasn't sure what she wanted to do. She worked in a warehouse. She wasn't happy with it. She was not sure at 27 years old what to do with her life. And she decided she is going to pursue a career somehow in broadcasting or podcasting as inspired by this podcast. So she says, I am in Rachel's shoes right now. I bounced about many different career paths and have yet to settle on one. I work at a warehouse too right now. A lot of alone time, and I think about a lot of stuff about my life's purpose, and I want to be happy too with my career and do something I could be passionate about. Hearing Rachel's story was really inspiring to me and makes me not want to give up. Heck, I'm only 27, and my husband makes me feel like I bounced around too much and it's too late to go back to school, but I really want to go back to school and finish college. I'll definitely bring this up with him because I'm really not ready to give up. You always inspire me. Thank you from Courtney. Thank you, Courtney. I'm going to tell you, you don't know how young you are at 27 years old. I remember when I was about 26, I was on the phone with somebody and I was talking about my career in radio. And I said, you know what? I know I'm not old, but I'm not young anymore either. <laughs> I was 26. I said, I know I'm not old, but I'm not young anymore either. And I remember they agreed with me because I think they were also pretty young, like maybe 27 or 28. And just let me just tell you, if you're 27 years old, I know it sounds like this is something your dad would say, but you don't know how young you are. You don't know how young you are in that 
40 is a distant, unconceivable age for you. 30 is around the corner, but that's still three years, two years away for you. You don't know how young you are. When you're 27 years old, you don't know how young you are. I remember I ran into my sister. Well, I ran into my sister, and I was probably 33, 34. She's like, how old are you? She's 15 years older than me. I said, I'm 33. She's like, oh, God, you're just a kid. And I remember thinking, what the fuck? Just a kid? I'm 33. Well, it's all about perspective. I've told this story before. When Nicole Brown was killed by OJ, she was 36. And I remember thinking, well, at least she wasn't young. Holy crap. I was like 30 at the time. And I remember specifically thinking, well, at least she wasn't young. Because when you're 30, 36 seems pretty old. I remember when Princess Diana was killed. She was 34, 36. And I remember thinking the same thing. Well, at least she wasn't young. What the? Are you serious? She was very young. But it's all perspective. So anyway, I want to encourage you to realize you are younger than you think you are, uh, Courtney. Uh, We're going to another email account. So give me a second to open this up. And here we go. Um, I'm not sure I'm ever going to say your name right, Vicus or Vicus, but um, I've met him a couple of times. He's a big um, supporter of the podcast, and he's also a scout leader. He's a guy probably 10 years younger than me, but I think we have a lot in common. He writes and he says, I'm a little behind, but I listened to your podcast from January 26th. Thank you for thinking of us listeners as friends and not numbers. I think having Twitter and podcasts helps us listeners and fans connect with people in the public eye like you. And I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. I said one of the reasons that I love this job is because you are my friend. I mean, I think of you as a friend. When I meet you out in public, even if I've never met you before, and I approach you and talk to you like a friend, it's because I genuinely feel like we're about as close to a, a, a friendship as people can be without having met or hanging out or being at each other's houses. So, um, so Vicus, I really, really appreciate that. Uh, he said, I also like the part when you were talking about being at a party, feeling extroverted, and somebody said, well, you're acting weird, and how it impacted you, especially the story of your grandmother at age five being told nobody wants to listen to you. Words hurt especially with children. And these days, the words are not just verbal, but through electronics and social media, and they've got much further reach that can hurt someone, not just in private, but in front of their friends, family, classmates, and coworkers. It took me until my late 30s, early 40s to realize this, and I'm working to never be a troll or say something that can be construed as hurtful. I might not always succeed. If it feels like I could come across as critical, I do my best to do it in a private setting, one-on-one, and take time to explain. Keep up the podcast. You always make me think and reflect. Cheers from Vicus. Uh, Vicus or Vicus, I hope I'm saying your name right. Next time we meet, you're going to have to let me know. Okay, I think I have a couple of more here. Um, okay. Uh, she says, my name is Veronica. I'm not sure if she pronounces it Veronica or Veronica. Um, I've listened to your podcast. Thanks for doing them. I appreciate it. 
I was wondering if you could give some resolution to something you tweeted about a while back. You tweeted something along the lines of how it was great to hear Lena talk about why she left KDWB and her journey in regards to that. A number of people commented asking for where to find another podcast with no response. Not upset about that. I know you're a busy guy. I was wondering if you could let us know where to find that, but also maybe talk about it on your podcast about your reaction to that. Maybe even have Lena come back to talk about it if she's in town. In your mid-20s is when a lot of big life decisions are made. And when you really don't feel like an adult, but really not a child either, you talked about your career in radio in your 20s, so it'd be interesting to hear your side and the perspective on the whole situation. Okay, I think what she's talking about was what we talked about in depth when Lena came back on the show when Fallon was on maternity leave. And without Lena here, I don't want to misspeak and, and mess up anything of uh, the details, but I think I got this pretty straight. And Lena and I have a really deep affection for each other and respect for each other, and we love each other. But one thing that we never got to clear up is when Lena left our show. Um, uh, Lena had worked there for almost exactly four years, and she came in one day and she said, I'm resigning. So she still had like a year left on her contract, and, and I'm like, why are you resigning? And she's like, it's just not for me. And I'm like, something's wrong. She's acting really difficult and um, not professional and she's not telling the truth, and this is a great job, and she always loved it. Um, but, and I want to be careful because I don't want to uh, mention anything that I should not mention without Lena to mention it. Um, but I knew that wasn't she wasn't being authentic about why she left. And because uh, I had always been very proud, I'm proud of the way I treat everybody on the show. If anybody ever complains about the way they get treated on my show, I have to tell you, they're at fault because I've never treated anybody on my show with anything but respect and um, a healthy relationship. So I knew that I had not treated Lena badly. I knew that the reason she left must be something that she did not want to talk about. And it was. And for seven years, she was gone. And I never knew why she really left, even though I thought I did. And that thought was that someone had convinced her that she needed to leave. Someone said, you're being taken advantage of. You are not appreciated. You need to leave that show. And Lena knew that wasn't true, but she wanted to appease this person, so she left the show. And so for seven years, I didn't know exactly why she left the show. And I would talk to people like intern John, who knows Lena really well. And he said, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I really don't know. And I would talk to Steve, who knew Lena really well, too. I don't know, man. I don't know why she left. And I think they did, but they just knew it wasn't their place to say. So when Lena came back to the show, Steve brought it up one day. And he said, you know what? I know you're really embarrassed about the way you left the show. And Lena was like, yeah, I really am. So she went on to open up her heart right there on the radio and say, I was young. I was unprofessional. I threw you, Dave, under the bus. I made it sound like it was something you did. It was not something you did. I mean, you think about it. If I was a horrible person, she would have never agreed to come back to fill in for Fallon. And she would have never literally said, it's not your fault. So to wrap that story up, Basically, she admitted after all these years that it was not me that made her leave, but it was someone who was pressuring her to leave. 
And that's never a reason why you leave a job. You leave a job because you're unhappy with it or because it's time to move on, but never because someone, it's kind of like some, it's like an arranged marriage. You would never date someone because your friend says you must do this and you would never break up with someone because your friend said you must break up with this person. So we got it behind us and Lena and I, let me tell you, that created a bond between us that is so respectful and loving and I understood and I said I am not mad at you Lena I am not remorse what remorse no I'm not uh, resentful that's the word I'm looking for I'm not because I get it I know what happened all I needed to know was that from you that's what happened so there's that story and I have one more from Larissa and Larissa I I'm it's so far down on my list here of email that I scrolled down for it earlier and uh, Larissa had written in about um, uh, health and things like that. And right now I can't find it. So I'm looking for it, but um, I'm still scrolling. And also, um, I just want to let you know, if you send an email to my email address to um, Dave Ryan at KWB.com, I read every single one of them. The problem is I'm not always able to get back to every single one of them. And here's my problem. I look at a long email and I go, I don't have time to answer it right now, but I'll answer it later. And then it gets buried under a bunch of other emails and I kind of forget. So if you do send an email and I don't get back to you, please know that I appreciate you sending the email. I will try to write you back. Um, and um, a lot of the time I just have, have forgotten so please understand, and please don't be mad at me if I can't get back to every email, but I do read them all. Uh, send an email to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. Hey, the book, let's not forget the book. It's actually based on a book called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Uh, love to hear your comments. The book is also available at, you know, you, a lot of bookstores don't carry it anymore because it's four years old, but if you want, you can order it on Amazon or at itaskabooks.com. Uh, what else? It is also available in Kindle form. We're working on book two, so that will be out, I would say, within a year. Book two should be out, and uh, we have a Facebook page, too, that I really need to update because I haven't really been on it a whole lot lately. You know, I think it's one of those things where we've talked about this before, and we've talked about this on the morning show. You can get sucked into such a black hole of doing things and never stopping that sometimes I just choose, it's like I could go on and update the Facebook page and I could do this and I could do this, but sometimes you just have to stop and you just have to go do something that you love instead of continuing to work all the time. Okay. Hey, thank you for listening to the podcast. Give me a review. Give me a rating. Scroll all the way down on the podcast app and give me a review or a rating. Uh, tell your friend about it. If your friend and you listen to the Dave Ryan show and uh, you think they might like the podcast, um, let them know about it. And I appreciate that one. And again, most of all, thank you. I appreciate you. I really do. And if we get to meet sometime in person, I will let you know that I appreciate you. And thanks for listening to Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. We'll see you next week.